Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. And we're delighted to bring you short portions of this spoken ministry on today's broadcast. Now, let's join today's life study. 2 Corinthians 3.8 says, The ministry of righteousness abounds with glory. And 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, Him who did not know sin, he made sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Today's life study from 2 Corinthians is going to give the unique New Testament definition of righteousness that many people, and especially Christians, have never heard. This is Matt Miller filling in for Chris Wilde for a few days while he gets a break, and Francis Ball is here with us in the studio. Francis, welcome to the program. Well, it's always good to be here, Matt, and I'm so thankful for this message today because it's on the ministry of the New Covenant which is the ministry of the Spirit and also the ministry of righteousness. And so we're going to see in what way these two terms are put together. Life supply from the ministry of the Spirit and an expression of righteousness as the issue of that life. It's a unique definition of the ministry that is used particularly here when it says, calls it the ministry of righteousness. Yes and the ministry of the Spirit. So I hope the listeners will stay with us. I hope you will stay with us for today's unique definition of what righteousness is and what the new covenant ministry is. Francis, before we go any further, do you want to give a quick nutshell of what this program is going to be about on the ministry of righteousness? Well, I believe, Matt, that the main thing here is that we are under a ministry which is called the new covenant ministry. And this ministry is the ministry of the Spirit to put life into all those who receive this ministry. And then the result of that receiving of the ministry is life. And the issue of this life is righteousness. So we're going to see today a good definition of righteousness and how it relates to the the law of the Old Testament and how it is expressed in the New Testament by being the very image or the very expression of God himself. We're going to see how this all fits together and how uh, righteousness can be lived out in us who are believers in Christ by the dispensing of the spirit of life or the life-giving spirit into us and issuing in righteousness as an expression of God. Thanks, Francis, for that introduction. Let's go now to Witness Lee for today's life study from 2 Corinthians. Let me give you a proper definition of righteousness. The Bible firstly refers righteousness to what, you know? To the fulfilling of the law. If you keep the law, you fulfill the law, you are righteous. You have righteousness. Now, what is the law? The law is the Ten Commandments. That's right. But what is the significance of the Ten Commandments? The old husband says that the Ten Commandments, the law, was the testimony of God. 
And we all know a testimony of God is the picture of God, is the description of God. So what is righteousness in the biblical sense? Firstly, it is the keeping, the fulfilling of the law to give people an image of God. If we can make it to keep the law, the best thing that we can have is just this kind of righteousness. But you have to realize this kind of righteousness is just a photo, like a picture of yourself. It gives people your image, but this photo doesn't have your life in it, doesn't have your nature in it. This is not what God wants. No need to say you cannot make it. Even you can make it. This is not the real thing that God wants. Then what God wants? God wants that one day he could enter into you. To be your life. To be your nature. To live in you. That you may live him. When you live him, spontaneously, you live out Right. Could you say that? You don't need to keep the law. When you live Christ, you don't need to keep the law. You just live Christ, you will never commit fornication. When you live Christ, you will never kill people. Even you will never hate people. You will never lie. Then you have a kind of living righteousness. A righteousness that is not on the photo but the reality. Amen. Not a picture of a man, but the mind self. Amen. Now, the mind self is here. Amen. And this man is just God. Amen. God in the person of the Son. That is Christ. Amen. Christ becomes your living righteousness. I tell you, this is the deeper meaning of the word righteousness in the Bible. Well, Francis, we've heard a deeper meaning of the definition of righteousness in the Bible, and I want to stop here and let's ponder this a little bit, okay? I think we need to do that. This definition is something I believe is really foreign to most Christians, not to say those who are non-Christian, because everybody, uh, when they think of God, they think about how they should act, how they should behave themselves, how they should quit doing certain things and practice more things that are right in their own eyes. Uh, This was Paul's view before he became a Christian, before he got stopped on the road to Damascus and God revealed to him. He learned rather quickly that righteousness is God himself coming to him. So I think what we are going to see today in the continuing of this message, what this righteousness really is and how it can be uh, lived out through us, This righteousness is really God-expressed, as Brother Lee has pointed out already. And if we know that this is God-expressed, then we realize that we cannot live this kind of life in our own goodness, in our own standard of righteousness, in our own attempt to be righteous. And this was expressed by the law. The law requires and expresses or is an expression of God. In writing, you could say, the Ten Commandments and all the things of the law that are related to the Ten Commandments 
are really God expressed in writing, but he wants himself expressed in human beings. So he made a way to work his righteousness into us. We'll see more of this later, I believe. But this, to me, is a mighty revolutionary description or definition of what righteousness is. It is not our behaving ourselves. It's not our ceasing from sin and doing good. We would just uh, paint a picture of ourselves if we do that. But what God wants is to express himself. He wants us to become in his image that we would express what the law really says God is. But we would not be just a picture, but we would be the thing itself. This one is Christ himself. So we're going to see how that can be lived out through us. Very good. I was considering the phrase in uh, Witness Lee's sharing just now about this matter of the picture and how even if we could become righteous, even if we could do the right things that so many people are trying to do, it would still be just the picture because the law was just a picture. It was a testimony of God. We don't want to be just a picture. At the best, apart from Christ, we could just be a picture. But we really want to be, according like Second Corinthians 5.21 says, that we could be made the righteousness of God in him. And Romans says, there is none righteous, no, not one. And the, the same book in chapter 3, verse 23 says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's all the self-righteous ones as well as all the sinful ones have come short of the expression of God that is revealed in the Ten Commandments and in the law. I think we're really touching the miracle of God's salvation, that God in Christ actually comes into the believers. They become born again. This is the miracle and the mystery of God's salvation, that Christians could actually have God in them. That's right, and this is too marvelous, that we could have God in us, and the living out of this one who has been imparted into us is righteousness. I have some more points to cover here, but I'm afraid if we do, we'll never get to the rest of the program, Francis. We better go on to the next section with Witness Lee, and then we'll come back and fellowship some more. Very good. The ministry of the new covenant is just to minister the life-giving spirit and righteousness. And both of these two things are just Christ himself. Christ within us is the life-giving spirit. Christ expressed outside of us is the righteousness as the image of God. It's wonderful. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, you have firstly the covenant of the spirit in verse 8. Then you have the covenant of righteousness in verse 9. But you go to the last verse of the same chapter, verse 18. You have another expression. That is image. With unveiled face, beholding, reflecting at him, we are being transformed into his image. The image in verse 18 is just a synonym of righteousness in verse 9. The ministry of righteousness is the ministry of God's image. 
then by what we can have such an image? By what we can have such living righteousness? By what? By the Spirit. The Spirit within you is the source, is the factor that produces the image, which is the righteousness. Could you follow me? In Ephesians 4, 24, plus Colossians 3, 10, these two verses say that we have to put on the new man. And the new man is created in the image of God. And this image has the righteousness. So, by these two verses, you can see the righteousness, the living righteousness, the real righteousness, is just God's image. And God's image is just God's expression. And this is Christ as the life-giving spirit lived out of us. Francis, Christ as the life-giving spirit lived out of us. I think this is somewhat of a continuation of that miracle of God's salvation that I was talking about at the end of the last portion in our, our talk. Would you like to develop this at all? Well, I would because this is so key to our going on with the Lord. In other words, when we get saved, we know from God's Word in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, I believe, Christ has made righteousness to us. That's the objective righteousness. We get the credit or we get the benefit and we get the imparting of righteousness to us or the transmitting of righteousness to us by Christ's death on the cross. We were all wrong with God, but through his death on the cross, we were made right with God. We call that judicial redemption. When we got redeemed by Christ's death, we were made right with God. There was no problem with God. But we were still us. We were still us. We had another life in us. But how much that life really comes out as righteousness depends a lot on how much the life has been ministered into us. And that's the purpose of the ministry of the new covenant, is to minister Christ as life to us. By being the life-giving Spirit, He's imparting Himself into us through the ministry of the new covenant so that we have life. Now, this life is not to lay there dormant. Of course, life is never dormant. If it is, then it's death. In the Old Testament, we have the righteousness of the law, but it's also called the ministry of death because it doesn't give life to people. It only gives a standard for them to try to live by, which they cannot do. So God has made a way to put his life into us, and the living out of that life becomes our righteousness subjectively. In other words, we become righteous. And I believe you mentioned the verse a while ago where it says in uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21 that he who knew no sin, God has made him to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. We have to realize this righteousness never is accomplished by our work, by our effort, by our resolutions, by our good intentions. That only gives, as you already pointed out, only gives us a picture. What we want and what God wants is the real thing, God expressed. 
So he's working on us to transform us into the image of God's Son. And that is accomplished by a transforming work of the life. And that comes out issues in righteousness. So I think we're getting a different picture of righteousness than most of us ever had before because we thought we're being right with this and right with that. We realize we're wrong in some things, so we just confess them, and uh, then we're made right again. This is true of the objective righteousness, but subjective righteousness, which really makes us live a life that is Christ himself in our living, that's a righteousness that God wants. You know, 2 Corinthians 3.18, Witness Lee referred to this verse, and I just want to underscore this to strengthen what you just said. It says, uh, We all with unveiled face, beholding and reflecting like a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, even as from the Lord's Spirit. So the ministry of the Spirit we have within, and when it becomes outwardly expressed, there's an image. And we're transformed into that image, and that's righteousness. There's an outward expression that comes from the inward life of the Spirit in our spirit. So you could really say righteousness is the image, or the image is righteousness. Exactly. Mm -hmm. We better go on, Francis, to the final portion with Witness Lee. The Old Testament ministry was only to minister the law. Regard as priests, kings, prophets, their ministry was unique one. That was to minister the law to people. And the law kills. So it was a ministry of death. That was the unique ministry of the old covenant. But today, we have another unique ministry of the new covenant. That is the ministry to minister life-giving spirit to us and to minister righteousness to us. Isn't this wonderful? Hallelujah. Our ministry is the ministry of the new covenant ministering only one thing, one person, one matter. And this person is the person, is the matter, is the thing. He's unique. He is the all-inclusive Christ as a life-giving spirit within for my life supply. And then when he lives out, he is the righteousness of God for me. He was made sin. Now we are made righteousness in him. Hallelujah. This is the ministry of the new covenant. Well, Francis, we've come to the conclusion of this message on the ministry of the Spirit, the ministry of the new covenant, this matter of the life-giving spirit, I'm, I'm going to hand the ball to you and let you start, and then I want to come back and make some points of my own. Well, I'm glad to know that you have some points, because this is too big a subject to be limited to just one speaking. But praise the Lord, we can speak the same thing, because we're in the one ministry, the new covenant ministry. I'm afraid, Matt, 
that according to my experience, we made the Old Testament our ministry. We ministered the New Testament in an Old Testament way with a certain requirement set was in the law. The law was a requirement of God because it expressed God, and it didn't give us any out. If we did not measure up to the law in every detail, we were condemned. And I'm afraid many times that concept has been brought into the New Testament without realizing that this righteousness that's required of us actually has to come from the living of the life-giving Spirit within us. I was just uh, considering while Brother Lee was speaking that it's so marvelous that we have a Spirit. We're created with a Spirit that can contain God, and that Christ Himself, through His death and resurrection, became a life-giving Spirit. If it were not for these two facts— that we have a spirit and he is the life-giving spirit, there would be no way for us to have a righteous life, no way for us to have a, a New Testament image. So uh, this has really opened up something to us today that I feel it would really be wonderful if it could be spread throughout Christianity. All the living saints who now love Christ and enjoy him could realize that the righteousness that they're very being craves for, cannot be attained by any human effort. It can only be lived out and only could express Christ and be the image of God by this life-giving Spirit being ministered into us. So as this life-giving Spirit is ministering His very life element as our life supply, the issue of that is a righteous living. So we are in the right track, I believe, to see how God can fulfill his purpose of having a people that really express him. Francis, in the few minutes we have left, I wanted to ask how this can become more practical to the listeners. Uh, let me read a verse in 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty four. It says, Awake from the drunken stupor righteously and do not sin. You know, many times believers, unbelievers are just in a drunken stupor. doesn't mean they're drunk. They're just not living according to the Spirit. How can people not be in that drunken stupor? How can they be living a righteous life in a practical, simple way that our listeners could walk away from this program today with a very simple handle of how they could live such a life? Well, I think that's a marvelous uh, way to put this question, because I think in many, many, many of God's dear children are craving this kind of uh, practical way to enjoy such a life that will transform them into the very image of Christ. So the way to do it is to call on him, to call on him, Lord Jesus, I need you. The Bible does say, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. To be saved is not just a past history that happened when we received the Lord Jesus as our righteousness, but he wants us to grow and actually to live out all this righteousness that he is, in his person. So we call on him and we live by him. We let him live. Paul said, for to me to live is Christ. We have to say this. I believe if we call on him in this way, we will have a practical way to experience his living in us. Well, I just looked at the clock and we're out of time, but uh, I wish we could develop this more, Francis. It's really key. We have to have a close relationship with Christ. If we're calling on Him, if we're loving Him, I know personally, when I'm close to the Lord, it seems like I spontaneously love my wife and I drive the speed limit. 
And, uh, you know, it seems like when we're away from the Lord, we're away from the Christian meetings, we can easily be in this word that refers to in 1 Corinthians 15 of a drunken stupor. That's right. Well, we're out of time, uh, but we hope that this program has been a help for you to awake. Amen. And uh, if you'd like to find out how you can get the printed message, call us at 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Or you can send email to radio at lsm.org. On behalf of Francis Ball, this is Matt Miller. Thank you for listening. The story of Abraham's life is full of God speaking for Christians today. Just like Abraham, every believer must learn the lessons of faith through trials, testing, and even failures in order to enter into the promises and blessings of God. Witness Lee's remarkable commentary on the life of Abraham, taken from the Life Study of Genesis, is now available from Living Stream Ministry in a single volume entitled Abraham Called by God. Abraham Called by God by Witness Lee is available at Christian bookstores everywhere. Or you can order by calling 1-888-543-3788.